This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us. And for those who are just joining us, welcome to Real Presence Live as we begin our second hour of programming on this Thursday, the Memorial of St. Cyril of Jerusalem. Father Jason Leffer is joining me, Father James Gross, as priests of the Diocese of Fargo today. Um, We were talking about some of the particular needs in our area, and one thing that I wanted to make sure to mention um, before time too much time gets away from us, um, there are some concerns in many parts of North Dakota, especially Especially in my home county, there have been a couple of grass fires, uh, prairie fires that have broken out uh, because of the uh, dry conditions. Now, one only knows if we're going to get adequate spring moisture, uh, but uh, that led me to thinking, Father, that I think each of us in our turn have been in assignments where there's been uh, perhaps an abnormally dry period. And so um, I know I have from time to time implemented prayers where you're, uh, you know, as a community, as a congregation where we're praying for rain and for an end of drought. And it brings up an interesting question, you know, whom do you um, call upon as the uh, patron? Um, You know, whether it be praying for rain or maybe praying for rain to stop if you have excessive moisture. One of the popular stories is of St. Scholastica, the twin sister of St. Benedict, who when he was visiting her and intended to return to his cell in the evening, she began to pray fervently and such a large rainstorm broke out that he wasn't able to stir past the threshold and so they spent the whole night uh, which was the night before she had passed away as it turned out they had spent the whole night in in discussing holy things so uh, that definitely is a go-to that I think of. You're you're giving me flashbacks to growing up in rural left for North Dakota. Where yes. We, we, you know, obviously St. Joseph, he's a big one, the great provider, protector, mm-hmm. the, but we would always every year spring and fall for spring planting and fall harvest we do the litany of the saints so we right. do this after communion okay. and invoking also pray for vocations and that yeah. i still have that that prayer for vocations memorized in my brain mm. from, from the you know i was like well i guess i was the fruit of that prayer yeah yeah, but yeah we would do that, that during was... during the needs for either rain or to and we'd have the stained glass window of saint scholastica was right there oh, and then um good. um also uh go on <laughs> uh, saint, well, St. Isidore is another important right. one to mention, and his wife, who is also a canonized saint, St. Maria della Cabeza. That's a whole other very interesting story, too, but they're great ones to, uh, to uh, refer to One that to I never well. knew about until recently, but St. Dorothy, and she's a patron saint of, of gardening and, and growing things as well. And mm-hmm. I never knew it, but there's a statue of her in our, our church there, and I didn't know who she was. And I always so thought it was, I thought it was a little blessed mother, but it, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no shortage of places to turn, and we hope that uh, conditions will certainly uh, improve, especially as we're getting close to the uh, farmers uh, scratching around in the dirt and uh, starting to put in the crops this year. But uh, we have um, uh, built up a great uh, tradition here in the last few months of having a monthly segment talking about some of the wonderful works of literature, and we have with us our usual suspects for this uh, this month's uh, section. We have Father William Slattery with us, a priest of the Diocese of Fargo. Welcome back to Real Presence Live, Father. Good morning, Father. It's great to be with you. And we also have Nancy Gord with us. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Oh, thank you so much. 
All right. Father Leffer and I have been looking forward to this because of the, the prominence of the book and the author. We will be uh, covering some main themes, especially with a Catholic lens, you might say, uh, regarding Great Expectations by Charles Dickens. So, um, uh, Nancy, why don't we begin with you and just kind of a, a little overview of um, maybe just briefly talking about uh, the, the impact of this book and then some of the main themes that uh, you and Father uh, want to share with us today? Well, there's so much to talk about in, in Great Expectations. You can talk about social justice. You can talk about journey to personal fulfillment, revenge. It is a very complex and intricate plot. But what we're looking at today is a father figure in the year of St. Joseph. We think we're going to be talking about fathers more and more in some of the pieces we discuss. And so we're looking at Joe Gargery, a major character in this book, and he is the father figure of the protagonist, the main character, Pip. Now, he's actually Pip's brother-in-law. He is married to Pip's much older sister. And she is a very verbally and physically abusive woman to them both. Joe is a blacksmith in an English village, kind, gregarious, very comfortable in his village. He does not have any formal education. He is a loving father figure. And though he absolutely looks forward to the idea of Pips being his apprentice and eventually his co-worker in the forge, he does not stand in the way of Pips going to London to pursue becoming an educated gentleman. And uh, Pip is sponsored financially by an unknown benefactor. Now, London is not Joe's place, and he, very awkward there, makes Pip uneasy and embarrassed. You know, Pip separates himself from the loving Joe, the father, in more ways than one, and becomes um, a prodigal son, very wasteful. Now, Joe knows how he appears to Pip, and no matter how hurtful this is, to lose Pip to his wasteful, materialistic ways, um, he bows out of the picture so that he does not interfere with Pip's dream of becoming a gentleman. But he never, ever abandons Pip. And I, I think some of the things that he does, in spite of that rejection, speak so deeply of his love for this young man. Very good. And uh, Father Slattery, um, let's let's hear from you, especially with this uh, character of Joe Gargery and uh, kind of his role within the novel. What is it that uh, brought him to mind as uh, the two of you have decided to speak about it today? Well, I think uh, as we were looking at uh, this month and the book to select for it, uh, being so close to the Solemnity of St. Joseph, which is tomorrow, uh, this was one of the main kind of reasons we, we chose this uh, topic, uh, kind of a meditation upon uh, this type of fatherhood that uh, fosters uh, a young man uh, to, to fulfillment, and that it's an endearing and enduring form of fatherhood. Um, and so kind of this figure of Joe, it was easy kind of a, a, a easy kind of translation from St. Joe to Joe <laughs> in the book. And, uh, and you kind of see this way in which, uh, you know, Pip again, uh, is, is off trying to find a sense of what it means to be a gentle man, and he strays from this original source, which is Joe, his brother-in-law, who really is kind of the true gentleman. Uh, if you look at, you know, there's some good parallels with Joseph and uh, Joe 
and how they behave, their sense of righteousness, the groundedness in which they uh, live, and how they see the world, um, and also just the generosity of their heart and the, the stability they find their life uh, in of, of work, of, of a labor effort, uh, and that sense of being able to uh, bear extraordinary things in, in uh, humble and small ways. Isn't there also, like, um, I mean, we could talk about the character or the qualities mm-hmm. of of Joe. Like, and, and, and the, it's kind of, like, developed in two different places at the beginning with his first wife. And then even in the end, you know, with his second wife and how he accepts uh, Pip back at, at the end. But could, could you develop for us some of those characteristics that are similar to St. Joseph that come forth in his character? Well, in, in terms of his first wife, who is really an unpleasant woman, uh, Pip, in his early years, has two very unusual and cruel women, each in their own way in his life, one of them being his sister, and the other being Miss Havisham. And Pip uh, suffers for abuse, so does Joe. Joe is very, very patient, very, very protective as much as he can be, because he will not raise a hand to his first wife, no matter how abusive she is. And he, he shares this abuse because his own father abused him and his mother, and he had vowed never, ever to raise his hand in what that manner. Think, what do you think Charles Dickens was about when you know, he has the accident with um, Joe's first wife, and and she be, actually become before she dies she becomes this kind of kind and gentle woman. What, what do you well, think and, was being going on there? Well, and actually it's interesting because the reason she becomes kind and gentle is because she has suffered this horrible attack by this criminal in the in the village, and she sustains a brain injury and really has a very hard time communicating and becomes much more docile. And actually, it is the woman who nurses her and takes care of her, Biddy, who becomes Joe's second wife. And Biddy is a strong, wonderful woman and of very good character. So uh, Joe enjoys a happy ending. Right, and it's interesting, too, because Biddy plays a, an important role in, in Pip's development mm-hmm. as well, where, I mean, basically true love is being offered to him, and he, he rejects true love with the, quote, great expectation that money and the world has to offer, and he wakes up too late to true love. Right, and his <laughs> father and I were talking earlier this morning, and it's when Pip comes to his senses because he has been so enamored of, of Estella, Miss Havisham's beautiful adopted daughter, he's so in in love with her, doesn't realize, excuse me, the great qualities of Biddy. And then later on when he does, he's like, well, now I'm going to go marry Biddy. As if, you know, Biddy is going to forget everything and just say, of course we'll get married. So he goes, yes, now I'm ready for Biddy. Yeah, I think it it really reflects uh, in in that part, uh, you know, the difference between Joe's perspective of the world, which is more faced in reality, and then Pip in this view of uh, view of the world, which is uh, fostered by, in a certain way, an un, 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 uh, unrealistic dream. Um, and then you know, Joe is the one who's able to see, uh, even even in his first wife, the uh, you know, who is kind of abusive and um, and verbally and 
physically attacking him. You know, again, this commitment to gentleness, like you can see his need to control strength and his ability to love, um, even if it isn't received. And then later, as uh, he, you know, gives alongside and and it works with Biddy, is able to appreciate her goodness. Uh, and ultimately, I think that's the source of, of his happiness is um, is that, that sense of that gentleness of his spirit that is able to um, persevere through suffering, but also uh, find and see authentic uh, joy where it's present in simple things. Well, we have just begun to scratch the surface as we are talking about this book, Great Expectations by Charles Dickens, and there's more to come after the break as we are with Nancy Gord and Father William Slattery. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be right back after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Ben Frost from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia, Minnesota. I work with adult evangelization. I'm also a father of five children. And for me, I'm just so blessed to have Real Presence Radio in our area because the reality is, is life gets very busy. Uh, The many blessings of working in the church and also raising five children and being a husband. But sometimes I just need times to refuel and to just be present to the Lord. So for me, it's just such a blessing to go into my car in the busyness of my day and to turn on Real Presence Radio. And it really renews me. It fills me with the Holy Spirit. It helps me to be a better father, helps me to be a better husband, and it helps me to be a better worker for our church. So I'm just very blessed that we have Real Presence Radio and we continue just to pray for the Lord's blessings and support for all of their amazing work. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live on a Thursday. Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer joining you from Grand Forks. And just a reminder to uh, check in on our website, realpresenceradio.com, to get updates on schedules and programming, to leave prayer requests, or to perhaps uh, nominate your parish priest for the Honor Our Fathers uh, box of donuts. Uh, We'd be (laughs) remiss if we didn't mention that. So there are a lot of wonderful things and information awaiting, awaiting you on our website, Real Presence Radio. 
Radio.com. Even if you like listening to us, you can listen to us again on the podcast. Yes, indeed. Yep. And the Encore presentations are aired on Saturdays, uh, beginning at 6 a.m. Central, 5 a.m. Mountain Time, with the consecutive order of the weekday programs, all on Real Presence Radio Network. So um, let's uh, look ahead here very briefly. We were visiting off-air about um, what we'll be looking at. We'll be turning back to Great Expectations in just a moment, but uh, uh, let's uh, whet our appetites. Uh, If uh, one of you, Nancy or Father, would uh, just uh, give us a a quick word about uh, what book they're looking at reviewing for the next visit. Yeah, um, next month we uh, talked and we were looking at uh, continuing kind of this conversation of uh, the importance of fatherhood, and uh, so uh, as we look to April's date, which we'll kind of announce a little later once we uh, figure out some of those details, um, we're going to do the Diary of Anne Frank, so uh, both the diary and also um, the uh, the play. And so uh, we're going to be looking into the lens of Otto Frank, the father, and especially some of those uh, the ways in which fatherhood is experienced through forms of tragedy and in the hope that that comes and springs from relationships. Excellent. We're going to be making a, a mental bookmark of that uh, as well. So, um, Nancy, let's uh, turn things back to you as we were talking about some of the um, uh, the main uh, examples. Uh, what else in particular um, kind of a, a burning observation did you have for us about uh, this um, uh, very prominent uh, Dickens novel, Great Expectations? Well, in terms of of Joe, the father figure, uh, one thing that I just find that that really makes him such an admirable, and let's use the term gentleman, is that even though Pip has, in his new life, rejected Joe, Pip is devastated when he finds out that his benefactor, who has been financing his lavish lifestyle, is a convict. He had once helped. And Pip is so devastated by this, he becomes quite physically ill after he helps the convict. And Joe comes in from the village, takes care of him, helps him heal, pays off his debt, and quietly leaves. I mean, he leaves a little message, and it reminds me a bit of St. Joseph in this regard, how we never hear him speak in the Bible, how he acts so carefully, cautiously, thoughtfully, uh, with guidance he has received through a dream and knowledge he has of Mary, and it just reminds me of how men who are humble and who are loving and who are responsible don't need a lot of fanfare. You know, Joe Nancy, slips in, takes what, care of what, it, and leaves. See, Nancy, what, what that makes me think of is the ultimate, you know, God the Father. And how, you know, so often we'll sit in judgment or accuse him and say, you know, where are you? What are you doing? Or... You know, how come you're not doing this or doing that? And the whole time, he is silently present, providing us, pr- providing for us in ways that we, we can't even imagine or understand or comprehend. 
and he's actually paying the price for us and, and for our life and for our salvation, for our providence. Well, and, and also this great quality of forgiveness that Joe has in the novel, that no matter how Pip has rejected him, turned away from him, lived a lifestyle that does not bring him closer to God, uh, Joe is there patiently waiting for him to return to him, eventually. Theologically, I think that that quality is called hesed in Hebrew. It's hesed, which we translate as mercy or love, steadfast or steadfast love. love or, and it's interesting because it it literally means it's it's literally a quality of God. You know, like when we say God is love, it doesn't really mean much to us, but that it, it, it's His very nature to offer mercy to the one who does not deserve it. You know, I mean that's and and that's the quality you're describing. Yeah, and I think if you look at uh, you know Joe from. From Dickens' novel, I mean, this whole conversation of, like, you know, Pip's growth and his expectation is this way of being in the world that is, you know, qualified as, as again, the gentleman, right, the, the way to succeed. And here you have the figure of, uh, of an authentic, true gentleman uh, who is, first of all, a, re- a reflection of, uh, of God's fatherhood uh, and that uh, quality of God, which is the steadfastness and love. Uh, which is capable of bearing all things, healing things, um, and finding finding peace and a place in the world. You know, I, I, I recently did a kind of a, just a mini study on Charles Dickens, like his actual life. I'd never really known mm-hmm. much about him, a little bit, or, but, um, you know, I was kind of, you know, fascinated to learn about how his life, en- I mean, it's kind of sad how his life ends mm-hmm. in a certain way where he gives up on his marriage and, and takes a lover, but he does this all in secret, but not so secret. And and, and he, he uses his success to kind of, you know, I mean, in a way he reminds me so much of Pip, you know, but this this novel, um, it, it's one. It's considered one of his more mature expressions of literature, very successful or whatever, but so much of it just seemed almost kind of like autobiographical about his own expectations of his life and how his expectations kind of fail in the end, you know, just because, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, in my mind, I was just like, well, it it's just seemed autobiographical. And Well, and I, I think that's so true of so many works of literature that inadvertently, or on purpose perhaps, authors put so much of themselves in their own works. And sometimes they're unaware of it. But if you look at many of his works, I think A Tale of Two Cities might be an exception, but you look at Oliver Twist, you look at Great Expectations, David Copperfield, he he can't help himself. You know, he's so much a man of those times. He's so much a person who, when young, suffered because of the way society was in Victorian England. You know, and it seems like he was, he himself was longing for the Father's love, the Father's blessing, and I, I can't help but wonder if maybe there's some kind of wound there. The, the, another thing, when I was doing some research on this, which I did not know, I was not aware of, but there actually, he changed the ending. Like, the original yeah. ending that he he wrote yeah. was he and Estelle, or Pip and Estelle, just see each other down the street walking, they kind of go their separate ways, and I, I guess he got such um, feedback from students and other literary people in his life that he was almost like forced to change it so they they end up together but even how he has them end up together seems so dissatisfactory you know well and and it is and it's it's a fairly vague ending you know unlike uh joe and his marriage to biddy and they actually have a son and name him pip 
But um, he has, there's, there's a term for a happy ending called eucatastrophe. Right. And, and there isn't exactly eucatastrophe at the end regarding Pip's future. I mean, he has a job. He is living with his friend Herbert Pocket and his wife, you know, kind of a confirmed bachelor. But he and Estella end up friends, so maybe there's the possibility well, of something in the future. I don't well, but the thing, I mean, you know, again, I, I mean, they tell you you're not supposed to do this, but I, but I, autobiographically for Charles Dickens, he, he, his life ended that way. You know, he had this awesome life going on, and then he chose this, and so the the gal who he was like, I guess we'd say having an affair with or whatever, it just ended as a dud. I mean, his life ended as a dud. It's I, I, I hate to say that, but it just, I'm like, wow, it, it's it's almost autobiographical with his well, own and, life, and you wonder. Sometimes, and because he enjoyed great success. I mean, he had, he was a prolific writer, but, you know, he had a huge family and had to finance them. And, and he helped out, I think, his father and financially. And so he, he was the breadwinner without a doubt and had a lot of financial responsibilities. But he had a, a big family, a wife, success. And it, it's almost sometimes I, I don't want to get too analytical here in terms of a psychological sense, but it's almost like you, you want to punish yourself. It's like, do I deserve right. all this? Yeah. And it's almost you purposefully mess it up. Mm -hmm. Any final thoughts about uh, this, as, uh, Father Slattery, as we're uh, winding things up in this segment? Yeah, I think uh, in understanding that theme of fatherhood, I think uh, just reflecting on, uh, you know, Pip kind of has a choice ultimately of who he's going to give his patronage to, right? Who's going to look for uh, for patronage? You know, there's times in which he rejected Joe. He's looking, hopefully, at uh, you know again uh, this this hidden figure of uh, of a person who will provide him with wealth, like of the world. And you have kind of that disaster of that time at the at Stasis Manor. Right? All these things of like, you know, who do you look to for for kind of that supply of fatherhood and it seems like you know one of the, the main lessons is that that area of steadfast love that gentleness of joe is, is a reminder of the father that only god can supply it in a true way right. as you return to that source of that father love mm -hmm. well yeah. thank you very much nancy and father slattery for joining us again we really appreciate it and uh all the best to you oh, all right thank, thank you. you yes okay and uh, hopefully we can continue this trend. I know, as we mentioned, uh, I mentioned last month, this is kind of Father Leffer's geeking out moment uh, <laughs> during our uh, show when we have this uh, segment with Nancy and Father. It's great to have them with us and uh, looking forward to the next installment uh, next month, hopefully. Well, up next... We've not seen nothing like the mighty Quinn, Bishop Quinn, uh, from uh, the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. We'll find out what's happening in his neck of the woods. That's coming up right after this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.